The following podcast episode is the sixth episode of the Philip Deterrent podcast where I interview Jason Zapp, who is the CEO and founder of Human Rights in Your Supply Chain. So what Jason does for this company is basically verify the worldwide network of supply chains, of course, as many of them as he can at this point in time, to check that they don't use things like child labor, forced labor, slave labor, and basically respect the human rights of everybody working, whether that's in the US, Europe, or in the developing world where we have a lot of human rights issues around these problems. So I try to, um, I try to go deep into how the whole system works, why this problem has never been solved, and also the future of this industry and how we can use technology to have a more trustable supply chain and global economy where everybody's respected, not just the people in the developed world. So I did my very best to go dive deep into these subjects. I will certainly have Jason back on the podcast again. He's such an amazing person, a very uh, experienced business operator. Um, so that's basically, I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. I thought it was a really good one. And thank you so much for listening. Um, and I'll speak to you soon. This is Jason Zapp. And how about you, you tell, you tell the audience, uh, you know, who you are, what you do, and of course, mention the human rights in your supply chain. Yes. So my name is Jason Zapp. I am, uh, and, uh, 30 years, over 30 years of, uh, supply chain operations, um, experience on an international global level. I, um, I, uh, what, uh, what else, what else? I, I'm a proud father of five amazing children. I'm a, I'm a U.S. Army veteran, and I'm also the CEO and founder of Human Rights in Your uh, Supply Chain. Um, and this is an organization that helps uh, American or North American and EU um, businesses ensure that their global supply chains, the goods that they're importing, have been made with ethical uh, labor you know, that there's no forced or slave labor involved inside their, their global supply chains. Amazing. Obviously, one of the most, I think, noble goals for any organization to have on this planet, I would say. Uh, so tell us, why did you decide to uh, to tackle uh, this problem and, and, and start HRC? That's uh, a super good question. Is um, The organization um, that, I, that I was working for at the time, we were looking for a... Um, uh, how do I want to say it? We were looking for an ethical certification of some sort to ensure that the goods that we purchased were were um, were ethically made, and mm -hmm. we weren't really able to find exactly what we needed um, or what we wanted to what we wanted to to, um, to ensure. Um, there's other uh, organizations out there that do similar types of certifications. But um, in this particular one, it was, you know, it was, you know, it was um, we're looking for just the social aspect of it. So there's other ones that'll, that, are, that are tied to like the environment and other other things that in, involved as well, like the economy, where the where the product where the products being made at and stuff like that. But this is a specifically social making sure that the 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 employees at the actual factories um, are treated ethically, you know, and fair and that they have the freedom to leave when they want to, that they can, they can quit their jobs. And so, um, so there wasn't any specific, um, like I say, certification or anything specific that we could really find that we wanted. So, um, I decided to start my own. So, um, mm -hmm. so I, uh, 
uh, uh, lined up with a bunch of uh, a bunch of courses and steeped myself in some in some um, some uh, some education from the International Labor Organization to make sure that I was I was on par with the certification. And so once we finished, once I finished all that, we were able to um, able to uh, compile a, a set of metrics based on the International Labor Organization standards for fair and ethical treatment of, of employees on a global level. Mm -hmm. So a question on this, uh, and this is, I, I, it just it just came to my mind. Uh, somebody, like you said yourself, you worked for 30 years in supply chain management how much do these companies that you know have these supply chains how much do they actually care for one and how much do they know for two about what actually how the people are treated uh let's say lower down the supply chain right, or, or, or up the supply chain yeah i think that this is what i've been finding is that i think that um up until about a few years ago uh, I think that, you know, inside the developed countries, you know, like, you know, like North, you know, United States, Canada, all the countries in the EU um, that, you know, like that people didn't really care too much or they did care. The, the, the early adopters on this were, you know, were, were um, companies that were on the forefront that were fighting this, you know, and they and they did they either did care. Or they, you know, they, they didn't really care too much. Right. As long as they could. Mm -hmm. You know, make their make their profits or, or whatever, and go. And uh, we, I totally understand that you know business is business, and you have to make money. The reason why you own a business is to make money, right? So that's that's mm -hmm. that's, that's totally understandable. Um, but um, but there's been a new um, light shed on a problem that's existed for a really long time, and that is that where goods are sourced um, in countries that are not as developed as we are is that the it it opens the employees up to be exploited and so mm -hmm. they can be taken advantage of by you know the system they can be taken advantage of by you know just you know bad people doing business over there in those parts of the world and you know american businesses canadian eu businesses they don't they don't know right so they don't know mm -hmm. you know if they don't know like no harm, no foul. But now there's there's a spotlight coming onto this thing, and it's putting pressure. You know, everybody um, is trying to. I say businesses are trying to align with their ESG, um, um, like um, their ESG um, scores, and to ensure that they're doing the right thing. You know, environmentally, they're doing the right thing. You know, socially. Um, you know, and and so uh, businesses are starting to adapt this type of of. Um, of mindset, right? So, mm -hmm. um, no business wants to have you know bad exposure and say, hey, um, you know, bad press saying like, hey, my 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 coat, my shirt was made, you know, in a in a by somebody who was who was kidnapped from their home and human traffic to a, a certain part of the mm -hmm. country, you know, and and you know they're you know they're forced to work there and they're not allowed to go home at, at the end of the day, and so um, nobody wants to have that type type of exposure. Mm -hmm. So. And with the, I think with with the media and with COVID, and there's a lot of things that just happened to our world in a really, really short um, short period of time. It's really driven up, um, you know, just consumers' awareness. Like, hey, listen, this is a problem. I don't want to support a, a company that doesn't know, you know, that doesn't know um, how their goods are being made. And you know, even like some of the companies that I talk to, is they say they say that. Um, 
they, you know, like, yeah, we'll go in for an inspection and, but they know that we're coming for an inspection and this and that, and, you know, the, the organizations will do everything that they can to make sure that everything's aligned and stuff like that. So what we do is we just provide that, 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 that brand certification that we work with the owners of the actual factories and, um, and the owners of the actual brands that are having the work done over there and to make sure that we're all that we're all on the same page, that all the metrics are, are, are being met based upon the International Labor Organization standards and and kind of and ensuing it that way. Okay, so I'm very well aware that it's quite recent that all these certifications like B Corp, like of course, you know, B Corp, which is yeah. very environmentally focused uh, certification, which I think was driven obviously by climate change, etc. Uh, but when you when it comes to social, you know, you could say that climate change made us think about everything again. But I, I'm not really sure if that's the, the, the full picture, because when you look at it, the last couple of hundred years, you know, this is like hundreds of years we've had, we've had supply chains, right? And for hundreds of years, we had these problems and they're probably even way worse uh, in the past. What is it that, in your opinion, has been the trigger uh, recently, uh, within the last, let's say, what do you think, like half a decade, a decade, uh, for people to actually start caring about these things? Do you think it could be social media? because everybody's far more connected to the internet and everybody can learn things a lot faster. Do you think that could be part of it? What is your opinion about what has really been that trigger that made people care about this stuff? Yeah, well, I think that as humans, like um, we'll get down to like the personal level, right? I think as humans that we are created to love, right? And that we are mm -hmm. created to, to care about other people, right? And I think the majority of us really care about humanity as a whole, right? Nobody wants to byproducts that have been made at the expense of somebody that was being harmed like that. Like you can't mm -hmm. even like, even like to fathom that it goes on today in today's day and age, you're like, oh, how does this even happen? Right. So, mm -hmm. so, um, so yes, I believe that humanity and then with the, with the um, evolution of like social media, right. You know, mm -hmm. and like people have their phones and, and it's just, there's a, the, that that has really exposed a lot of of things um, for the, the the public, right? Because people didn't know these types of things went on before. You know, there was speculation, but now you have real solid evidence. There's there's every day there's a news report coming out of some part of you know like in, like in Asia or Southeast Asia where there there's some sort of a problem going on over there, and um, you know, and companies are tied to these things, whether it's you know mm -hmm. they've they've invested money or you know, they, they, they're buying goods or they're, they're tied to these, these, these chains somewhere and somewhere along the line, you know, and it's, and it's bad and it's, it's, you know, it's bad for their business and it's bad for, you know, their brand or their brand recognition. So yes, mm -hmm. I do believe that. It, and the consumers, consumers, I believe are really, you know, taking a stand, you know, and, and saying that, Hey, listen, I want, I want products that are, that are, that are, you know, um, ethically and socially made. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like you just take it, like you can go to the, I just want to put, throw this analogy out there. You can go to the store and you can buy products that say that they were vegan, that they're cruelty free, that they haven't, yeah. animals have been harmed, right? You can buy a mm -hmm. shirt. It's a, it's a vegan shirt. You can buy, you can buy a vegan, you know, like, um, like fake meat, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, right. And, um, and it's on a label and it's, you know, it has a, a brand certification on there. And you can't 
go to anything and see like, hey, you can't go buy products as easily and see that they were they were ethically made or ethically sourced. Mm -hmm. Like the food, mm -hmm. if it came from a from um, a part of the world where you know if it was fish, you know, like you know, how were the fish caught? Were they were they caught by people who were trapped on ships and aren't allowed to leave? You know, there's there's a whole different different like um, rabbit holes that you can go down for all these things. But we don't have the, those types of offerings for. Um, for the uh, for the American, you know, American, you know, European consumers. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the way I see, it, I th I think you shed light on it a little bit, at least from from myself to think that I think I understand what's happening. So I think when you look at the internet and the, the evolution of information transfer when now information is so accessible you know, for free all the time everybody has a mobile phone i think that in itself has driven you know the education of the whole world that this has caused has driven a, a lot more awareness about all of these problems that were either under the carpet or have just been you know away from the public eye uh, and things like supply chains are like uh, that would be notorious for this similarly to problems let's say with fishing where it's just so little people are actually uh, monitoring this that it's natural that these problems occur so i i, I do think that you, in in internet obviously played some part but what when it comes to certifications and all of these things they have been around for a long time but i i think ever since people started to take climate change really seriously. You know, I don't think B Corp would have been very successful 20 years ago, you know, but nowadays, B, yeah, B Corp is really successful today because people are really trying to figure out how can they in their day-to-day -day consumer life, basically vote with their wallets in a way mm -hmm. that is most beneficial to the environment. I think it's a logical next step, which is like, okay, so we're being beneficial to the environment for the sake of our future. But then can we not also do that for, um, you know, for other people on this planet? Like a majority of people in this world are not okay with things like slavery or child labor or forced labor or really anything like that. But yet I, I think that there's still quite a lot of awareness, at least in, you know, and this is something obviously that we're working on, on solving to increase the awareness because I don't think everybody knows that there's a, a lot of really dirty things that, that happen, let's say, mainly in the developing world. I think I, living in the developed world, we're very privileged. Like we, we don't, we're not exposed to these things at all. We think it's uh, it's so easy. All we do is services, you know, like me and you, like, what well, what do we do? You know, like I was thinking about this today, a little bit of a tangent, but I think as e economies or civilizations develop, everybody starts with first getting stuff out of the ground, right? So it's like mm -hmm. everybody, all that people do is get stuff out of the ground, get potatoes out of the ground, get get coal out of mines. Then you go to the, the next stage of, of a civilization where, you, where you're starting to process. So you're like, oh, get all that stuff from the ground and now, now you process, right? And then this is the, the process is which where, where all these problems happen, like well, what you're saying, where civilizations are a bit behind. And those here in the first world have the easiest, easiest lives ever where all we do is we just trade these things that have been made by by earlier and we organize them and all we do is like like being a being a coder all you do when you code all you do is pass information like you, you're not producing anything you know you're like right. you're just dealing with information and as a, as we're both obviously business operators um i do a lot of sales and marketing these are all communication <laughs> all we do is communication you know right. what i mean right so our life is so much easier than uh, than the life of the vast majority of people on this planet who don't live in the first world, who don't live in the in in the EU or or the US or or North America in general. 
And uh, and I, I, I think we need to be, this is again, an awareness thing. Like people need to understand this is how it works. Like where this is not everybody is services because some people need to, someone needs to do the farming. Someone needs to do the mining. Someone needs to work in factories. Otherwise this stuff will not exist. Like I, the stuff we're wearing wouldn't be here. And I think we kind of owe it to those people as well in the in the developing world, you know, that these people like are the foundation of, of our privileged lives, you know, and, right. and I think, the more people are aware of this, the more um, the more they will they will look for these certifications. I think this is kind of like, in a sense, it feels like climate change and all these problems. They kind of woke a lot of us up to the that that we can actually solve the vast majority of problems on this planet if we actually try. You know, what do you think? About yeah. That? yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. We're like people are brilliant, right? And when you when you re really think, like Underrated. everything. Everything that you see and you like today, like you look out your window, you look behind me, you know, everything that you see existed in somebody's mind first before it was it, it, right. So there's ways yeah, yeah, yeah. to fix problems and to solve things. It's just a matter of getting it out of your brain and getting it on the paper and and, and executing. Right. And having the, the mm -hmm. momentum and the drive, you know, to um, to, you know, to, to do that. Totally. And when you when you look at basically. The way it's been done up to now, uh, within uh, you know, let's say before H or be before human rights in your supply chain, HRSC, your company, what, how much, how much security, what, what exists right now, like before all of all of these labels, uh, within let's say the, these factories in the developing world where where these problems occur, how much security exists right now? um to protect these people or or and and did in the like, previous couple of decades in the 20th century uh, what was there before the things that you you're starting to do and others are as well well there's there there are different types of um there's different types of organizations that do different types of you know like certifications or there's audits you can have like a like mm -hmm. a, a specific audit done of a factory you know and then um and and have it done that way and you, you know have auditors and all the reports come in with that um this is something completely different this is just this is this is a, um a uh a like just an ethical certification so yeah so anyways mm -hmm. so what other thing what other things are there like were there available is that i think that um there have been um different types of organizations that will help um in like a i say like throw throw names out there like you know, like fair trade you know um mm -hmm. you know where you know it's it's tied to you know like the 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 social climate uh, like the the economic climate of the of the region mm -hmm. it's tied to the the environmental you know like um uh, ties to the region you know and like how like your your business or your, your industry you know you know falls within there right and are you able to comply with their metrics right same mm -hmm. thing with like uh, like rainforest alliance so these are very good great organizations and um mm -hmm. and i'm not knocking them whatsoever because they're yeah yeah yeah, yeah mm -hmm. they're, they're, they 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 have a, a um um a great mission and i totally support their mission i i'm just there's not an, there's not enough people out there to do it all right so that's what that's what we started hrsc it's our own and, and we deal directly with with the social end of it, making sure that, you know, that the employees in the factories, that they hold all of their um, are able to hold all their documents, you know, so that um, so they can leave if they want. Right. So some some mm -hmm. places and there's there's horror stories that I've heard out there that, you know, where 
company or, or employees, they leave their um, workers, they leave, they migrate, you know, they go to another country for work because there's no work mm-hmm. in their home country. They get there and, um, you know, they have to hire somebody like a temporary service, like how we would consider it in, uh, in the U.S., right? You know, you, you hire a service to find you a job. Right. You get there, you land, you start the job. They say, all right, well, here, I'm going to take your documents. This is where you're going to stay. These are your quarters. And, you know, your documents are ended up in a safe somewhere. And, you know, and like you can't leave the country. Right. So these Mm -hmm. things really, really, really happen. You know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, not only did you pay ten thousand, you know, ten thousand dollars to get this job. Now they're not paying you and they're keeping you in a room. Right. When it's not when it's not work time and you can't Mm -hmm. leave. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, these, these things really exist and um, we're trying to just shed the light on it and help um, the American and European and Canadian, you know, Australian, you know, um, countries um, to show that their, um, that their supply chains don't have these types of things that exist inside there. Totally. And you know what that makes me think of? You know, we have the Qatar World Cup coming up in uh, this 2020, yeah, this year. Yeah. So this summer. And uh, actually, many, many, many years ago, just as uh, the, this was announced, this was back in like 2016, 2015, I was doing debating, right? This was back in uh, even school days, you know, uh, I'm quite young, as, as, as this clearly shows. Um, but uh, we, we were debating, and I was actually debating this, I think, my, my best ever debate because um, it was, I was doing it kind of competitively um, on why on why it is crazy for the Qatar World Cup to be hosted in Qatar, for the World Cup to be hosted in Qatar when you know Qatar and Saudi Arabia and this is you know these these authoritarian nations they have a terrible track record of abusing. Uh, for for forced labor, for for slave labor, for creating situations, probably legally, because they're an authoritarian government, so legally within their country, where workers, immigrant workers, uh, mainly from countries like Pakistan and India, really, really poor people, they go there you know, for some kind of work opportunity, and that actually ends in people like in the thousands dying, you know, this and this, this is to build stadiums, like this is like a, the Qatar World Cup will be a, a celebration uh, on on a field, you know, under which they're like a field of blood, you know, it, it, it's crazy. Like, it, it's really crazy. How many people have to die for Qatar to Im- improve their their global brand? You know what I mean? Right. Like, just Qatar has no no history or interest in football. Uh, this is this is not a this is not related to the people of Qatar loving football and really wanting it to happen. This is nothing, and sorry, soccer, because, you know, it's from the U.S., so it's strange to say football. Um, but, uh, you know, this it, it is purely people at the top, an authoritarian government having no, no um, care or interest in the life of poor people who are coming there to try just to survive. So how do you tackle problems like this? Do you think that HRSC could at some point do something in those situations, or do you think authoritarian governments are really out of your scope? Do you, did you do you think about these things? What's your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that well, that's that's a that's an awesome point because yes, there are there are things that we can do, and every situation is different, right? So like you know the situation like in Saudi Arabia or Qatar, you know it might be is it is or can be different than a situation in China, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we can definitely um, look at the scope of the project, any project that you have, and look at what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, and we can 
build out a game plan for that. So kind of what um, what we, we consider ourselves at HRSC is we're problem solvers. So, right. Mm-hmm. So whatever, if there's a problem, there's, there's not a bit, there's not a problem too big that we can't handle. So if you're having a problem with your supply chain and you're having a problem, um, we find an issue inside your supply chain, we will provide a solution for you for that. There's a, there's always a workaround. There's always a way to get things done the way that you need it to be done to be, um, to the standard that you want it to be to your brand standard. Um, um, one other thing I want to point out that you, you know, you, you're talking about, um, what's going on with the world cup. We have this, the, the, the Chinese Olympics going on right now, right? The yes. Another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, you know, and the U S didn't send delegates there, you know, they didn't send yeah. any government officials because of this, this specific issue that's going on. And, um, and whether you sit on, on one, one party or the other party, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. It, it matters from on a human on a humanitarian stance, right. Is that, is that governments are starting to catch on to this and like mm-hmm. Germany just passed, um, just passed, um, um, law in, in their parliament just this past summer, you know, that if, you know, if, um, if German, um, companies are, are found to have forced labor inside their, inside their global supply chains, that they're looking at a 2% revenue fine, right? You know, wow. governments, mm-hmm. governments are catching on to this, like in the mm-hmm. U S and in Canada, um, you know, uh, like U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, if they if they have suspicion that there is um, goods coming into the country from um, a part of the world that is known to have slave labor or or uh, from a manufacturer that's tied, even if you're tied, they're going to hold that shipment at, at the port. They're going to hold that shipment in, you know, um, at, at customs. And it's the importer's responsibility to prove that it wasn't made like that, that mm-hmm. it wasn't made with forced labor. And so, like, mm-hmm. if you're an importer and you drop, like I say, you drop a hundred thousand U.S. dollars, right, on on some goods to to come, you know, to come in, and this is cash flow. And if you're a businessman, you understand it. This is cash flow that's tied up, right? You've already spent yeah. it because they make you pay for everything up front before it ships, right? So mm-hmm. you got the cash flow tied up, and you can't sell it until it hits your your facility, your distribution center. And then you can mm-hmm. get the cash flow start rolling back in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for most parts. But if this stuff is tied up there, you're not only is your cash flow held up, but um, you're actually paying fees for them to hold it on top of mm-hmm. that. that. You know, that, that, mm-hmm. that this isn't these aren't common things for for importers that, that would know this, these things. Right. So a regular businesses to know this. So if, if customs is holding that, there's there's a daily fee that you're going to be charged and it's not cheap. Um, and mm-hmm. so what HRSC does, we also provide a solution for that also. We can help you make sure that you have all the proper documents. We can help you to make sure. Um, I can't guarantee that it hasn't been made with, with forced labor, but we can try to help you with that. We can we can ensure your supply chain before you buy the goods and have them mm-hmm. imported in so that everything is, you know, is status quo uh, and good mm-hmm. to go. So basically from what i understood from from your answer there in nearly on nearly the entire planet where whenever you have a working uh, let's say operation whether that's a sweatshop or or a factory or any any kind of uh, thing like mini organization that's processing or, or producing something nearly or maybe even in all cases they will have to be open to some kind of contact from an external party when that party is going to provide them funding for their operation. Is that right? So basically, as long as, n- n- no matter how 
you know, uh, let's say evil they are, or uh, like evil maybe maybe is far fetched, but like um, disrespectful towards the needs of other people, lack an empathy towards towards yeah. their, their employees when they run these uh, these low key factories uh, in the developing world, they still have to be open to a conversation and some kind of standard check to to who is buying their goods. So that's is that really the key to why HRC can operate and why HRC is capable of solving these problems. Am I right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. You hit the nail right on the head. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, so let's just say, let's just walk through it. Like, let's just say that you are a clothing manufacturer and you're going to import them into the, you know, and you're going to sell them in the United States, right? So mm-hmm. you're, you're having your clothes, um, you're having your clothes uh, made in Bangladesh, right? And mm-hmm. so um, before be, before you, you make your purchase, you're going to say, hey, listen, um, um, you're going to contact my my organization. You're going to say, this is what I want to do. And this is what we want to accomplish. We want to make sure that we have our S covered in the ESG. We are, we're, we're, and we want to market that we're a socially responsible um, business. Mm-hmm. Great. This is exactly what we can help you do. So what we do then is we... We ask you to contact your contact your um, your manufacturer over there, your your vendor, mm-hmm. um, your supplier, and then let them know that you're going going to have a, like a, a um, an ethical, sustainable audit um, of your of their you know of the way that they treat their employees. You know, like that's mm-hmm. it. so so you so and then you're going to introduce yeah you'll you'll introduce um you'll introduce your factory you know the factory owner or somebody out there to a member of our team you know. And then we would we would then work with them to make sure that we can meet all of the metrics that are there. You know mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. that um, there's there's several there. You know to make sure that that there's no underage children working in the factory. To make sure that all the workers have um, acts like they have um, uh, possession. This is possession, not access, but possession of their documents, so that they have freedom to go um, at mm-hmm. any time. So that. Um, that you know that they're not overworked and that they're getting paid at the at the proper times that they're getting paid, and then you know and then we we, we may de- depending on how how um, we have different service levels right of how how deep you want to take this and um, but we have different service levels we have a, a standard certification which is just ensures that everything's taken care of. We also will work with your your factory to you know the factory owner. Now this isn't just like this is your factory owner so. Um, the person who owns the factory and the person who runs the factory will, will work directly with them to make sure that all these metrics are met. Um, we also have um, the next level certification that we're working on right now is that uh, is with a QR code. So you, you're having jackets made, you know, in Bangladesh, we can have a QR mm-hmm. code put on a tag. We can have it, you know, and, and so that um, the, so that the consumer can scan it. And we can put anything you want on this QR code. We can put mm-hmm. the factory. We can put the, a video of the employees making the clothes. We can do. We can. We can whatever. Whatever. We can scale it out however you want to. Um, mm-hmm. And then we also have another. We're, we're partnering with another another organization, um, uh, Go Chain Chain Parency, and we're um, we're actually going to be putting this. Um, these we can encrypt these documents and everything onto um, onto the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Wow, Jason. Okay, first of all. Um, I think we should start working together, Tree Nation, with HRC because uh, this is something we're actually. I'm gonna. <laughs> I know we are in the middle of a podcast, but I'm gonna have to write this down um, because I really think it would be amazing because we have we have tree planting projects over around the entire world, right? We and we our ambition is to have as many of them as possible. We want to plant a trillion trees by 2050. We're already planting over 
10 million trees a year. And this year we're probably going to go come close to 30 million trees a year, right? So we're, we're on this real exponential axis. And uh, a lot of our projects are, of course, in the developing world, in the tropics, where there's the most need for, for reforestation, especially yeah. regions which have a lot of desertification, et cetera. Uh, so basically, South America, Africa, and uh, Southern Asia are really our top locations. And uh, we, I think, would be extremely valuable, you know, for us, a tree nation, to have, like, a very strong system, you know, potentially with your help, you know, to really, when we onboard new projects to, in the future, to have a way to to certify you know at this advanced level so i think if you're interested yeah we can really we can really yes. set this up i think that would be amazing i think this is this is uh, this whole transparency movement verification movement of um of nearly everything that you can't see right in front of you i think this is really the future and uh you touched on blockchain this actually leads me directly onto onto the next question um which is you know what do you think we, we talked a lot about the past of, of all of this. What do you think about the future? So blockchain, obviously a, a key part of this um, and this thing, your application with, with, with the QR codes, how do you see these future technologies being integrated into not only this problem uh, with, with, uh, with uh, where it goes to, to social problems, but everything else when it comes to supply chains, because obviously you would know all about that. Uh, what, what do you think? Yeah, I think technology really is, you know, with with the minds of human beings and the technology that they that the human beings can build. I mean, we can we can we can um, attack any problem that, that we have. Like, look at how how advanced we've come so far in our in our world. Right. Like um, like our grandparents would be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Right? Yeah. So so like like I I thoroughly believe with the technology, there is ways. And we have some things I, I can't really talk about them right now, but some really yeah. cool things that we're looking at doing with within the um, within the um, the blockchain um, technology where we can encrypt you know all these documents of the factories and the employees that are working there and and the certification so that like something as simple as you just scan a QR code and you can see all this stuff and this stuff's mm -hmm. not going away. These documents can't be edited or or you know or changed it all after they've been after they've been um they've been stamped and certified and and so i mean there's 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 so much out there that's available to us and i think um i think and i just had a meeting earlier in the week with a gentleman and he he said that um that the tech community has really ne neglected supply chain and this is why mm -hmm. we're at where we're at now so the there is so much opportunity if you're a tech person or if you're like you're a go-getter like there's so much opportunity in the supply chain um space that there's there's so much you know so much so much you can do totally uh, I, so many things popped up there actually for for me to answer to this i think uh, as a you know we're both kind of business guys and we're both very much operations guys and i think there's some things in business some industries that are just not like hot that are not like the people don't think about them as like uh, the thing you want to go after and i think that there's a lot of opportunity in those areas so you talk about supply chains i think there's a lot of opportunity in working uh, with the public sector, with B2B2G stuff. Um, and I think these are things that, you know, people look at as boring, you know, like everybody wants to make an app, everybody wants to make something that is like known for being like the thing. 
But I think from an entrepreneur's perspective or somebody who wants to get involved in the growing industry, I think it always pays, you know, like literally pays long term to find something that maybe is not like the, the mainstream, but it's something that, um, you know, is it's not the, not the thing that most people are interested in in business. And, you know, there's people that like like us that love operations, that, that, that love these kinds of logistical problems and, and solving them. And I think uh, it really... It, it, it's really lucky for us, you know, to, to have like this this world that nobody really cares about that we can go and and, and innovate in. Uh, but you know, that that's just a just an interesting side note. But going by going back to this, so you're clearly talking about blockchain, right? So it, it just, it's 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 the the technology, the the big innovation platform uh, that obviously started out with a you know shady currency for buying stuff on the dark web you know which was bitcoin um and obviously bitcoin is much more than that uh now turning into this uh this very you know easily the easiest way to explain blockchain is is just a decentralized uh, storage of information so it, that cannot be a tampered with you know by anybody right so there's obviously it's much more complex than this if you really want to go into the details but in in, in a nutshell it works in this way so how do you see first of all what blockchain i don't know how familiar you are with, with all the various options on, on the market today um but which one is most interesting to you and what do you see uh, it could be more than one but what do you see to be the big thing for 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 their future uh so what, what's what's your take on this well, like I am not, I am not technically the blockchain guy. So I, so my, my knowledge to that is, um, is, 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 is a little limited in that, in that area. Um, and I would have to default to my partner if he were here. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, but I do believe though, that like there are, um, his, his company, um, GoChain is the name of it. And they are, um, they are working on, you know, disrupting, you know, the, the supply chain, you know, like how we, and, 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 um, and using uh, blockchain to develop, you know, like your supply chain and your traceability that way. Mm -hmm. And which, which, uh, which crypto are you guys using right now? So it's Ethereum, right? Yes. So did you, did you guys ever have a conversation about a different, a different one or is it, was it always Ethereum? Yeah, I, uh, that's not. Yeah, that's that's totally his. That's totally his realm. I I, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks thanks for the honesty. But uh, regardless, I mean, what I know, what I've learned so far, at, le at least the focus is a uh, is Ethereum. Um, if we in in future podcasts, in maybe in a, in a couple of months or in, in a couple of years, maybe you can talk to him in the, in the meantime, and uh, we we can get back to this topic because I'm very very interested. Uh, obviously, from the point of view of uh, of investing from the point of view like this pure, purely transparent here i'm uh, i invest in crypto uh, and I, I see blockchain you know being being the future and i'm completely team ethereum you know so yeah, this is, uh, like, yeah, I, I am sure. like i am like complete completely uh fanboy fanboy of it and it's very interesting to see like it actually starting to happen you know i mean like this, this, like it's starting to do like the big promise you know of uh, of transparency around the entire economy is actually starting to take shape so in your opinion, uh, maybe you could shed some light on this. How long do we wait and how long, how much do we have? What kind of expectations should we have for an Ethereum based supply chain that I can get a QR code? When will I go into a shop? Although I, I do no shopping physically, <laughs> I do all, all e-commerce stuff, but when will I be able to go up to a product anywhere 
and be able to scan a QR code and look at the Ethereum network exactly what was the journey of that product and feel like comfortable that I'm uh, I'm I'm not contributing to anything negative. Yeah, well, we have we have this stuff. It's in testing right now. We have it, so mm -hmm. it's it could be as soon as you know a couple of months. It could be by the end of the year. But we can have this out to the market like very quickly. So it's just a matter of you know running it through, running it through the gauntlet, testing it out, and then we're going to market it. That's 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 our that's our goal. Amazing. So really soon. <laughs> yeah, real, yeah, it's really, it's already, really soon. The plan, the foundation, the plan's already there. We just it's just we're we're running the you know working out the bugs with the testing part of it, and then you know um, the, with the, the QR code that, that that's the best about the QR code is you can more or less you can almost build what you want it, what you want in there. Right. So there's, mm -hmm. there's different types. If you know, you have a very large budget and you want to add all, all kinds of, all kinds of levels in there, you know, we can do that for you. If your bu mm -hmm. budget's a little bit limited, um, you know, and you just want to go with the bare basics. I mean, there's, there's, there's different, there's different tiers on, um, mm -hmm. on how you can, uh, how you can apply this. So by 2030, it will be everywhere in your opinion. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. And like, you know, it'd probably be even on your computers, right? You just scan it, look at, and you can look at it before you buy it. Right. So you, amazing. Just, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So the world, the world's changing so, so fast. It's crazy. So I want, I want to touch on one very specific, a very specific industry. And, and it's based on a documentary. Um, maybe you've watched it called Seaspiracy, uh, where did you watch Seaspiracy by any chance? Or should mm -hmm. I explain yes. it to you? You watched yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, so you so you know all about this. So when it comes to fishing, um, it, when the, exactly what you're saying is happening. You know, you had those examples in the documentary of uh, former slaves or, or, or on on fishing boats, uh, obviously with immense suffering, being abused, and being exactly you know the problem that you're going out to solve. Do you think it's possible to to solve that problem? Uh, did you think about this? And did, do you think is there something that can be done when it comes to the fishing industry? Yes, I do believe that there is, and I it might not be as easy as it is to, on a for a, a landlocked um, item, but yes, I do believe that we can we can fix this. I, I believe anything that we can we can we can um, solve, uh, you know, any problem if we put if we put our our efforts to it and our minds to it. But yes, there I do believe that there is, and I know that there there are different things, and even like specific things like. Um, like the fish being caught in like illegally, right? You know, like and then they're 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 you know they're um, they're fishing for something specific, you know, in a part of the the ocean that they're not supposed to be fishing in it for. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so there's ways to um, you know, and governments are catching on with these things as well. So it's you know, there's ways to track like track and trace. I mean, that's really what these the, the QR codes you know can do is we can. We can we can have a QR code um, tagged for every batch, you know, or batch of fish, you know, that, that that's that's caught with a, you know, with the net. And um, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, not not to not to bore you, I can talk about it for, for hours. I'm not bored. <laughs> there's yeah, there's 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 countless ways to you know to attack it, you know, and you know, like I do, you know, like the you know the vessels, they might be. Um, it might be assigned to, you know, someplace in Spain. Right. And they're, and then, and, you know, and then they're, um, you know, and they're, they're fishing out of like, you know, Senegal. Right. So, you know, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so there's, 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 there's crazy things happening and, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, you have to do business with the people who want to play by the rules. Right. So yeah. you'll play by the rules. We can make anything transparent. Right. So it's, it's, it's good. So if, if, if it doesn't have an HRSC, 
stamp of approval, question it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so, um, okay. Leading on to basically uh, to finish up the podcast, right? So uh, we're we're kind of running out of time. We 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 did our did our slot. We will definitely do another podcast uh, really soon, maybe in a, in a month or two. Um, and then I'm pretty sure we can we can do even more after that. See how HRC develops and 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 the progress being made. So for all the listeners, how can they get involved with HRC? What what can they do to basically support this? I think there's a lot of will out there. I think there's just a lack of like a clear structure on what, how they can help. So what would you tell, you know, uh, the listeners on if they care about the subject, how can they help you to solve these problems? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm trying not to be too long, but if you're a business, all you have to do is just decide you're going to make the first step, right? Decide, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, like, all right, I've already committed to the environmental aspect of my business. I want to go down the social aspect. Just, just, just commit to it. Take baby steps. Take little, take little steps, little things, and then you can, and then you can start. You can reach out to us. We have follow us on all of our social media. We have, we have tons of, um, of different ways to communicate. Follow different organizations. You know, um, like, like on LinkedIn. Get into their newsletters. There's different organizations that you can that you can um, that you can you can follow um, as a consumer. Um, as a consumer, what you can do is um, is you can um, a, you know ask the brands that you like. Ask them you know ask them to 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 show their social um, responsibility. A lot of like large organizations have like a corporate letter that they'll put on their website, but a corporate letter is not real transparency, right? It's just saying, mm -hmm. hey, this is our this is our mission or, you know what I mean? But like, no, underneath, you know, like your, 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 your mission, you know, you know, like people do whatever they want, you know, like it just, mm -hmm. when the boss comes around, they got, you know, so it's, so really it's, um, and as a consumer, um, you know, like, you know, you can make a difference, ask, buy, you can buy and support brands who have an ethical mission behind them. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and you can, um, you know, you can, um, I think that's, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I don't want to keep going on and on, but I think that's, no, go on, go on. Mm -hmm. the, um, I think as a, you know, even, even if you're like an employee and you're, and you're concerned mm -hmm. about this, right. And you're saying like, there's nothing I can do. Management makes all the decisions. Just present the idea to, you know, to management, just say, listen, mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, you're opening our, our business, your business up for exposure. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, it's your job, you're, you know, you're vested in the company as well. You know, you can even say, um, you know, there's, there's organizations out there that, that help, that help, like help you, you know, but mm -hmm. yeah. Totally. I think it's amazing. I really think that everybody is somehow connected to a business because everyone buys stuff. I mean, like, this is like, uh, or, or you work somewhere. I mean, everybody works somewhere. Everybody, everybody consumes. We're all connected to different organizations all of the time. And I think, um, once there's a, a real clear path on a step-by-step -step basis of what anybody can do to join this HRC movement, let's say, I think it'll, it's gonna happen really, really quickly. I really see a, a massive, massive future for HRC and I'm very proud to be working with you and have you on the podcast because this is like a, I feel like it's time very well spent, um, that's for sure. So, um, okay, thank you very much, Jason, for, for coming on today. Uh, as we already discussed, you will be on this uh, probably many more times, not just not just another time. Um, so yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to tell the audience? 
No, th I appreciate it. Thank you all for, um, thank you. Thank you for your time. And I, I appreciate you. Thank you. Awesome. All right. See you later, Jason. Have Bye -bye. a great day.